This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977, Teresa Staley. Uh, we've been talking over quite a few years, uh, Staley, uh, uh, Teresa, yourself. And uh, I, I guess I, I would call you kind of an ombudsman for Sioux Falls over the last years. Absolutely. Citizen advocate, citizen helper. And as time has evolved, John, I, my, my biggest passion right now is keeping the citizens of Sioux Falls informed and working to keep them engaged because now more than ever, we have an information gap where people don't know what's going on. And unfortunately, when the citizens, the residents don't know what's happening, the decisions that are being made, then we get bad behavior from elected officials and city government. So important to keep people involved in the process. Well, you were a city council person for how many years? Uh, four years, John. Well, it's been a couple of years, but the reason I call you, Teresa, the podcast we do with this program, I, I know two years ago you were the number one person as far as the number of podcasts that were downloaded. I had one podcast that we did during the COVID uh, years about landlords, and that uh, was downloaded a thousand times. But uh, you're, you're pretty much the uh, the most that I get on a regular basis on an annual. And, and I think this last year you were probably the one that was downloaded the most times, too. People, really? people have an interest, I think, in what you say. And John, let me say, you know, while I was on the council, I spent my own money mailing out a Staley report, a newspaper, highlighting and doing a roundup of the events that had happened within city government. And a lot of people don't know what's happening. They they don't have the time to watch all the meetings. And of course, on the city council, you're privy to lots of insider information that I believe should be related to the public. And let me also mention that at this point in time, what's happened is many of the employees from the Argus Leader have started their own media venues. Are you aware of this? Yes, uh, their own newspaper kind of like, right? Yeah, well, we got Joe Sneavy and Jonathan Ellis started a thing called the Dakota Scout, and they're putting out a free newspaper, and then they're doing an online subscription. Stu Whitney from the Argus, he's he's now writing for South Dakota News Watch. John Holt, who I, I really like, John, he's doing South Dakota Search Life, South Dakota Searchlight. Uh, Patrick Lally, who was the ma- managing editor at the Argus, he's doing Sioux Falls Live. And, of course, my friend Scott Erisman is doing the South Dakota blog. And and one thing Scott does that nobody else does is he puts the agenda out there every week for people to see what's happening with city government. And I think that's so important to let people know what's coming down the pike, you know, ahead of time. And, of course, John, then we have you. You're you're out there trying to inform people about many things in our community, and that's wonderful. So there's a need for connection. I always, the Argus leader, I always told them they needed to get out there and market and connect to the people. Customer service, unfortunately, with the Argus has just fallen by the wayside. And people want to know what's going on, but they also are watching their pocketbooks. I'm trying uh, through my Facebook page to keep people informed and doing the best that I can as a, as a private citizen at this time. Well, of course, we have Greg, Greg Balfridge in the morning on KELO AM. Uh, podcasts uh, are more and more, like you say, you, you refer to, I think, some of the podcasts that the former artists people are, are doing. You know, there's many people that... Uh, uh, were paper boys and, and connected to the uh, the Argus for such a long time, but the times are changing. And that's why we're talking right here, Teresa. Uh, exactly. But, but, John, I also want to say I think there's still a venue for a paper, a, a physical paper. 
and of course it's very expensive. It's costly to mail that out. Um, but I, I think if it's a quality publication, people are willing to pay for it. And so we're seeing that with that Dakota Scout. That's free right now. Um, but I believe down the road, they, their hope would be to have subscriptions. And, and I guess you'd have to mail that to people. Um, the days of the paper boys may be gone. And, we, of course, we had the loss of the shopping news, which is a big loss as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I remember my dad, even back in the 1960s and 50s, uh, they, they called it the Kiplinger, uh, Kiplinger letter or something like that. He, he got letters in the mail that were kind of, like I say, inside information type of stuff of what's going to happen and stuff like that, too. But, uh, Teresa, I want to go back. I, I think uh, we could call you the Miss, Miss uh, Snowgate <laughs> during, well, I, during this weather. Yes. Yeah, I I pushed, I led the petition drive for Snowgates, brought that, brought it to the forefront. After my dear friend Kermit Stegers, who was on the council, had uh, told me about them being used in Bismarck, North Dakota, where they loved them. And I, I will tell you, across the board, I think people are very happy with Snowgates. Uh, it's always been a challenge uh, that some operators don't know how to use them or are uh, somewhat negligent in actually dropping the gates in everyone's driveways. And, um, of course, we've got so much snow now that it's it's almost like a non-issue. I, I think that's um, when you have a whole 12 feet, of, 12, excuse me, 12 inches of snow, they aren't going to work. So uh, it's it's been an unusual winter. Well, we haven't had a real South Dakota winter for quite a while, Teresa. Said. That's right. But over 12 inches, people got to realize that, no, the snow gate's not going to work. It's kind of like if you got a plow in the front of your pickup, pushing 12 inches of snow isn't going to work either. <laughs> you got to have something that mm-hmm. will lift it up, you know. Uh, but, Teresa, I want to go way back. I remember Harold Wingler when he was the commissioner of streets back when we had the old form of government back then. He thought he would skip the first uh, winter snow that we had, hoping that the sun was going to melt it and save some money. And we ended up with ruts on Minnesota Avenue for about six months after that. We never could get the ice off the street. Uh, and then th- there was a time back in the 70s, your friend, I think still, the Wilder Hunking, uh, bit the bullet and got the city of Sioux Falls to actually get the cars off the street so that they could plow streets in Sioux Falls. Yes. I, I, I remember, you know, <laughs> people were lining up complaining uh, and so mad because their car got towed. There would be like five, six hundred cars uh, towed every time we had something snow. And, and finally, you know, Loyal Hunking took a lot, a lot of static on that. Uh, I remember the radio station uh, here uh, kidded her quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it was almost too much. But uh, she really accomplished something that uh, needed to get done. Now we have the snow alerts and the snow, you know, the streets get plowed and it's, it's uh, organized and, and efficient. Right, and she also was the advocate for that second penny to be used for, for snow for street repair, which now that thing has been taken in so many different directions. Uh, that that it's our streets, of course, are not in good shape in many areas. But but back to that snow removal situation, I, uh, with Mayor Mike Huther, I have to say that he did a great job. During his administration, those streets were done. They were cleaned. Now we seem to be going in kind of a direction of leaving the side streets to fend for themselves, just like you talked about with the ruts. And before Christmas, I know sometimes the budget is getting low, 
but it, it was uh, it was really bad. And people expect to have their streets plowed so that they're passable. So that's those are basic services that citizens expect. Now, do you think that the uh, budget has enough money for the snow removal? You know, it's been pretty light for the last couple of years. Do we have enough in uh, the budget, do you think, uh, that this winter we're going to have enough to, to get through next couple of months yet? And, and, and John, I can't address that because not being on the council, I really don't, haven't paid, a, you know, I'm not in on all the insider information about what the ins and outs of what how much is allocated for this and that. But uh, I will say that you're right. In the past, it, they've haven't had to to uh, allocate that huge amount for snow removal. So now they're scrambling. Um, and uh, uh, then we had have the whole pothole issue, which uh, it, it just breaks my heart when I hear about people having to pay car repairs because their their tires. Their alignment, their their frame, their are being damaged because of the streets of Sioux Falls. That that's not acceptable. Well, when this comes uh, and melts, we're going to see quite a few potholes. I'm sure, even more. Uh, Teresa, the uh, uh, the other things I think you were part of was the uh, the great chicken coop error uh, when we got uh, people to be able to have chickens in the backyards. Now, I think probably right now there's more and more people saying, "Well, I'm glad that we did that." Well, and I think you're going to see more and more people leaning towards that with this whole this whole uh, bird flu issue and and the astronomically high price for eggs. Uh, and that's a good thing if people want to start coming back to raising their own food. That's that's wonderful. Uh, Councilor Brecky and I passed uh, the the beekeeping ordinance again to to allow people to ha- have that. Um, hobby or a business and within the city of Sioux Falls uh, coming back to nature and doing things that are sustainable. So uh, it's all good. Well, I, you also the Boulevard lady. I guess that was quite yep. a, uh, a time that uh, when you were, I think you were on the council back at that time. Yes. Well, and at, that was right before I got on the council in 2015 that we, we worked uh, to to uh, engage citizens who had boulevard gardens and or any landscaping in the boulevard to get to getting involved with the council and say, you know, we want to have a, an ordinance written that will be user friendly. And that activism paid off. We have a a beautiful uh, provision in Sioux Falls that, that encourages people to plant plantings and flowers and, and, and beautify our community. So that, that was good. But speaking of other things I was involved with, I wanted to to, to delve into the swimming pool issue, yes. which, you know, we we did a petition drive for Drake Springs to keep that in an outdoor pool, which, by the way, is the most widely utilized pool in our community. And but now we have another, I don't know if you followed this, but they just did they did a survey or a study while I was on the council, and the, uh, the Don Curdy, the park director, assured me we were going to maintain outdoor pools at Drake's, uh, Frank Olson and Keene Park. Well, now then they did another survey, survey study. This is how government works. They throw in these survey study things, 
so that they have some experts telling us where to go. Well, now they've determined that they need more indoor pools. Did you follow this, John? No, I haven't. But uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So they came out with they want to make Frank Olson into an indoor pool. Well, we've got the indoor mid midco aquatic center, which mm-hmm. has fluctuated with subsidy needs from like four hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand. It's not supporting itself, and we don't have enough lifeguards anyway. So taking and putting another indoor pool at at a location that's outdoor, that doesn't resonate with me. I think Frank Olson needs to be updated, have some more amenities that children would like. But I'll tell you that water walking at Drake Springs at noon is packed. People love those kind of activities that we give for outdoor activities. So that's something to watch. And I don't know where they're going to get the money for the an indoor facility, plus you have to have the money to, to staff it and upkeep. Very expensive. And that's kind of the energy that's happening right now. Well, that Frank Olson pool is used every summer for the swim meets and tournaments that, that brings a lot of people into Sioux Falls. Uh, it's kind of an Olympic-type pool, you might say, in, is, in that yes. sense. Yeah, uh, we don't well, and I, I don't know. I think they're using the Midco for those things, too. Yeah, I, I don't know how much it's used um, since that Midco opened. But, yeah, having a pool like that with, with that the swimming venue for lap swimming is really wonderful to be outside. We value outside activities. I mean, kids play outside all the time. And in my opinion, they need to be outside even more. Get them away from the electronics and get them outside and enjoy, enjoy creative activities. I go way back Um, to the old McKinnon pool and and back in the days when they thought suntan was healthy. (laughs) Well, Oh, some sun is healthy. Mm-hmm. You just have to be have to be prudent about sunscreen and. Um, but John, one more thing I wanted to touch on uh, back to what we, circling back to it, informing the public. Uh, have you been following this bridge issue, the Sixth Street Bridge? No, I haven't. I really, City Hall has has got to the point where you don't really know much going unless you go to all oh. the meetings. You know, you really don't right. know what's well, going on down there. Well, let me just do a recap on this thing. This is, uh, they're, they're, they were projecting to redo the 6th Street Bridge, which is north or south, excuse me, of the Sioux Steel um, development. Oh, yes, yeah, now, downtown. Now, I, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm deeply disappointed. I was, when I go down to the falls and I look, I look over the, towards the falls, and I'm seeing this, this huge looming construction uh, project that will forever be shadowing the falls. I, I think we've lost the natural beauty of the falls by allowing development to, to encroach upon it in that way. But that's what happened. Craig Lloyd was given that that uh, some very nice TIF ta- property tax breaks to put this development up there. But the city also pledged that they would do uh, finish the River Greenway up around there, millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars being used to do whatever kind. They have some steps going into the river on one part of it that was done. And so they're going to do some elaborate thing, but tied into that is the Sixth Street Bridge. They want to redo it. So it was supposed to be an approximately 
$11 million project to redo this this thing. And it morphed into a $22 million project because no, they couldn't get any bids for it. So the council was not made aware of this until the last minute, and they were ju- it was just rammed down their throats, and they were they were not allowed to ask questions. It was like we got to vote on this, pass this this uh, huge huge bid, and some of the council members last week were saying they wanted to revote on it because they felt misled, and, and to me that's not good government. That's not good government. And that's the problem when the public doesn't know what's going on, is that government tries to to run these things through that don't make sense. And you wonder who's benefiting from this, these tax dollars being spent. Teresa, I remember when you were back in in the in the council, uh, we used to talk quite a bit about all of these studies, like you mentioned, uh, these uh, experts that come in. They they spent hundreds, if not millions, of dollars on the studies. Yes. Yes, it just doesn't even, you know, sometimes it's just lacking common sense. Uh, Again, I I live my life. I have a simple life. I don't, uh, I I live within my means. uh, And I, if something just doesn't make sense, then something's wrong. And and I, I think our elected officials, the city government, they are being entrusted with our tax dollars. You know, that's our money. That's, and especially... In this day and age, people are struggling with, you know, with the inflation and, and the COVID aftermath. And, and you, you've brought up in the past about even apartment living, rents, property taxes. It's, it's very expensive. And when you see elected leaders just spending our money like it's, it's just endless, it's somewhat reckless, it's disturbing. It's concerning. And um, I don't know what citizen would say that's okay to have their money wasted well, or being used to, to prop up some kind of behind-the-scenes friends. I used to say special deals for special people. Some people, are get, they, get, they get special deals. I, I think it should be fair, it should be out in the open, and it should make sense for the public. Well, the rent going up is called gentrification. Uh, there's, there's a name for it. Uh, you can see what's happened in other parts of the country, and you can see it coming here. The, the thing that I, I, I bring up is, okay, we, we, we see it happening here where rent is going to get too high uh, for some people, but what are we doing about it? Nothing. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the people that build the apartment complexes and that type of thing seem to, to uh you know, no one, no one's going to say anything about rent control. No, no, not 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 like New York. You know, uh, you don't you don't say that kind of thing. But uh, nobody's doing anything about the fact that yeah, the rent is going up higher than some people can pay right now in Sioux Falls. Well, and and we we just uh, they were I was watching this you know from a distance that the city gave some kind of tax uh, incentive, a property tax incentive to a de- builder to to build affordable homes affordable homes. You know what those those were going for? I believe like 250, 300,000. That's an affordable home. Who can afford that? 
Well, that bubble might break. You know, the home industry right now, I would be a little leery of myself. I'm not a realtor, but, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at interesting times coming up at Teresa. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, I think they, they finally got the state legislature to propose enough laws that those that have their home paid for and were having trouble paying the taxes because of the re-evaluation being so high. Uh, they're protecting those now, I think. Well, I haven't heard the, the end result of how that's going to go. I know they were looking at changing the threshold for, for the elderly uh, disabled property tax uh, freeze, that w- which would freeze your assessed value, which makes sense because uh, people deserve to be able to stay in their homes. Um, but it, it's, and again, and a whole other subject would be what the school district is doing because there again, there's no oversight there's no oversight in how the school district spends its money. And you get these boards, these school boards, even the city council. I think they're expect they're kind of just like a spokesperson person for the the agenda of of the uh, powers that be. And in our city council was supposed to be a checks and balances for the mayor and it's turned out to be just uh a rubber stamp just to go you go along and don't you dare say anything against what's being proposed they also the public doesn't know this but we used to have informational meetings where, where they would give us these proposals and I always listened and I would ask questions and I I would scrutinize things well they have changed that so that it, it's they've shortened the time they don't want the counselors asking questions in public <laughs> They, they, if you have questions, you can ask behind the scenes, and that isn't good government. Well, Teresa, what would you recommend? Well, I, I recommend going back to the way it was when they used to have this informational time from four to six, and or even six thirty, and then the meeting started at seven and went as long as they needed to. But our mayor and the council changed it all, so they wanted they wanted to get home earlier so they moved the meeting back to six o'clock and the informational has been shortened up so there's not enough time for the counselors to ask questions and so they don't know the all the information and then they're asked to vote to approve things it's it's just really uh it's all messed up well if you look at if you look at city governments in in any uh, uh, you know book of any time of history, it's 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 been it's been it's it's been similar to those same kind of problems. Where uh, is the city getting too big to be to be able to have the taxpayer input anymore? Well, I, I think then you have to you have to maybe adjust what what the government looks like, and maybe the this this form of government we have isn't working, and we need to to look at other other options so that people are, are have their true representation. Well, but this is across the board. I, I don't care if you're in the state legislature or wherever. I think being able to have a dialogue, a, a debate uh, to, to, uh, to really look at the issues is, is healthy. I, mean, I want an elected official who does that. I just don't want people who are just, smiling and passing everything that comes by their their desk 
Well, that, that's one thing where, you know, we've kind of lost that newspaper uh, uh, ombudsman uh, yes. or watchdog type of thing. Uh, Teresa, uh, we, we talked about uh, uh, landlords here a little bit. I, I want to give kudos to my landlord because when we first got that big snow, he couldn't get uh, anyone to come out and, and do the snow removal because everybody was so busy. He went out and bought himself his $40,000 bobcat and did it all himself. So, uh, you know, like I say, there's some good things, too, you know, in that sense as far as city Falls, I think, is still probably one of the best places to be, though. Well, and we want to keep it that way. And that's why, you know, one another thing I was heavily involved with, it was the Neighborhood Watch program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've always tried with the different, with Mike Huther, um, I think it started under Dave Munson. Um, it, Paul Ted Hagen hasn't been as interested, but to say to have these neighborhood watch groups because with the you know we're hearing a lot about gun violence out there and it might be in a certain area of town but it, that that's going to spread and we need to be caring for one another and watching out for each other and i think that's that's becoming an, a concern when we're so big well, they, they won't admit it, but we do have cartel uh, influence in Sioux Falls. We do have, uh, like you say, a changing uh, subculture, you might say, too, as far as with drugs. Uh, of course, the new thing now is, is smuggling eggs, I hear. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> is, is uh, Teresa, I think, you know, if you had a magic wand, what would you like to see? Well, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a city government that is uh, – much more responsive to the people and, and much more open to engaging with citizens um, and, and citizens getting involved. And um, I, I like that the legislature also is talking about maybe property tax relief. I think that's great. I, li- I like that they're talking about the, the sales tax on food being removed. I think that's great. Um, I think just more concern about the average person and quality of life for everybody. Well, we have a, a pretty good uh, aspect of, I think, churches in Sioux Falls. It seems like if you go out uh, towards the part of town where it hasn't been built yet, it's, it's just about everywhere it's building, but if you go out in the cornfield, the first thing that appears is all of a sudden you'll see a, a church, then you'll see a, a, a school being built, and then you'll see a fire station being built, and finally you'll start to see houses being built. So there is some planning out there. Mm-hmm. Teresa, I think uh, the looking back on the things you've accomplished, the Snowgate, uh, what's the, the one thing you're most proud of? Uh, well, uh, what I'm most proud of, John, is that throughout my whole uh, experience in, in being involved in city, city government, I've always stood by my principles. I've never been afraid to, to address something. I've never backed down because of intimidation i've stood for what i believe is right and and so at the depth of my soul i i've i've worked very hard to let the people know i care about them and to try to represent everyone and so that's and i continue to do that well kermit Stagger, to try Kermit's, to help people kermit staggers was kind of your mentor wasn't he kermit was such a dear friend and yes he was a mentor an inspiration and, and he was one of the few elected people who would reach out and talk to anyone. And he tried to help anyone. And that inspired me. Um, 
because we, everybody needs representation. Well, when the snow comes by, we, we should, you know, instead of calling them snow gates, I think we should call them stately gates. Well, <laughs> no, well th- there were a lot of volunteers that helped with that petition drive. Um, and so that, that, act, that was implemented because of great community involvement. And I still hear from people who s- are so appreciative that it, it has helped. Well, this summer we can look forward to the uh, is Nielsen Park pool. Is that what they call it? Uh, Drake Springs. Mm-hmm. Drake Springs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There actually yes. there actually was a Drake Springs that uh, used to have a Drake Springs pool back at that time. Uh, that's where the old Howard Wood used to be. Uh, quite a few things. It's quite a history of that area of, of the Sioux Falls area. You, you know, another thing uh, that I I pushed for, I will continue to push for is that the city starts trimming their own trees. Um, the, I pushed for that, and they, they said, oh, it's going to cost $500,000 the first year. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, here we've got a $22 million on this bridge that we I referenced that was supposed to be $11 million. I mean, we don't have a problem overspending on certain things, but Project Trim as the people of Sioux Falls may know, is where the city comes by and they drive by with the truck and they say, oh, that tree limb is too uh, close to the ground. And they, but they, and they send you a letter and say you got a tree in violation, but they won't tell you which tree it is. They do nothing to help. And what they said to me in the past was don't fall off the ladder when you go out in the middle of the street. <laughs> well, our time is up, but you're still, you're still an ombudsman for Sioux Falls. Teresa Staley, uh, I want to thank yeah. you very much for being with us on Forum. John, God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day.